You're listening to GP Works, the podcast for and about general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. I'm Aileen O'Mara, and in this episode, we're discussing rural general practice in Ireland. I'm joined by Dr. Liam Glynn, a GP in County Clare and Professor of General Practice in the University of Limerick, and by Dr. Jerry Cowley, a GP in Mayo and founder of the Rural Island and Dispensing Doctors of Ireland group. Dr. Glynn, welcome to GP Works. Thank you, Elaine. As we speak, you're preparing for the Wonka Rural Health Conference, which is being held in person on the UL campus in June of this year. Tell me about it. What's the significance of this conference? Well, in many ways, I suppose this conference is a culmination of many years of work in and about uh, Irish rural general practice. Irish rural general practice, like a lot of healthcare globally, is suffering a really significant shortage of of well-trained healthcare staff, you know, and and we've we've got a recruitment and retention issue in Ireland and indeed across the globe. And I suppose one of the ways that we've tried to manage this in in the past is through activism. And that was what led to the founding of the No Doctor, No Village campaign back before the 2016 election. And and I think, you know, we're much further down the line. Thankfully, we've made progress in terms of the terms of conditions around um, Irish rural general practice, but we still have a lot more to do to attract the best and the brightest into Irish rural general practice. And I guess the international conference that we were successful in bringing to Ireland was the first time that the World Rural Health Conference, the World Rural Health Conference has come to, to come to our shores. And it's a great opportunity to showcase the very best about Irish rural general practice. And can I just say, you know, often there is a negative narrative about it, but um, having worked in Irish rural general practice for the last, you know, 24 years, it's been a wonderfully rewarding career and uh, a a really, really satisfying, uh, I suppose, therapeutic relationship with the patients that you you end up caring for and not just caring for them but caring for their families and many generations of the same family and that that I think that the value we're starting to recognize the importance of that sort of continuity of care and the and the intergenerational knowledge that uh, rural general practitioners have and the power that there is in that now we know to reduce people's need to go to hospital reduce their attendance at hospital outpatients or emergency departments so we're starting to realize the importance of really trying to sustain this form of healthcare, which has been under threat for a long long time so i think the the conference is a wonderful environment in which we can bring you know global thought leaders in this area to our shores and try and advance those ideas and 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 create some legacy around the conference and impact yeah, because you're the theme of, of the conference is improving health, empowering communities. So let's talk about that a bit, the empowering communities bit. What, what's that about? Well, well, I suppose having lived and worked in, in rural Ireland for a long, long time, what you come to realise is that when you have a problem, you often need to come up with a solution yourselves as a community. Um, so often I've seen you know, perceived problems in rural areas and solutions designed external to the community. And invariably, they don't work unless communities are involved in the solution-making process. So I suppose that was the idea behind it, is that we, we need to think innovatively if we are going to sustain rural healthcare, which we now know is such an important, you know, delivers high-quality, cost-effective care. And, and really, the solutions have to involve the communities about which we are we are talking so it's that it's that idea of trying to involve communities trying to also even when you, if you look at recruitment and retention we know that if you can encourage people from rural communities 
to opt for and choose careers in healthcare, they're much more likely to end up back in those rural communities as healthcare practitioners. So even starting at that point, you know, is part of the solution about which we're talking. And this is also about the equitable access to health services for rural populations with well-trained, skilled and motivated healthcare workers. We're obviously talking about GPs, but not just GPs, but like in your practice in Ballyvaughan, for example, you've got practice nurses, you've got, you know, you've got a team of people working there, haven't you? Absolutely. And even if you look at that as a fact, you know, the small village I work in is a census population of 250 people. So uh, when you have an economic unit, uh, as in the case of our own, where there's seven staff employed, you know, that's really important to the community, even as an economic unit. And when you think about, you know, opportunities in rural Ireland in terms of employment, healthcare opportunities are really important to the young and and particularly to, to females as well. So if we care about providing, uh, you know, opportunities for these populations that are often disenfranchised, then healthcare has to be has to have a role within that. And as you say, there's a direct link then between the pressures on hospitals and the availability of good primary care services on the ground, particularly in rural Ireland. And we're seeing that a lot in Limerick at the moment, aren't we? Absolutely. We've done some really interesting research in this area, looking at what's called the inverse care law. And the inverse care law was a law first described by a guy called Julian Tudor Hart, who was a GP, a rural GP in Wales. And what he stated was that the availability of good medical or social care tends to vary inversely with the need of the population served. And we've shown that in urban deprived settings within the Midwest. We've shown it in rural settings in, in the Midwest. Um, and that's why it's really important that we, we, we work to make sure that people have equitable access to healthcare, particularly primary healthcare, because we know that primary healthcare deals with uh, over 90% of all healthcare contacts. And, and that when you have a health system which is founded in general practice and primary care, it's much more cost effective and it delivers higher quality care. Coming back to your conference now in June, it's co-hosted by three groups, including the ICGP, yourselves and Dr. Cowley's group. And I'll be talking to Dr. Cowley in a few minutes about that. But it's an international conference. You are expecting a lot of people to come and covering not just general practice, but I see, you know, speakers on health, science, engineering, the arts and NGOs of all shapes and sizes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I think, you know, the when we set out to do this, it was obvious that if this was going to be a success nationally and internationally, we had to involve the most important stakeholder groups. And that they, they were the rural island and the Spencing Doctors of Ireland and the Irish College General Practitioners. So it, it was fantastic that it is, uh, you know, a joint collaboration between ourselves and the School of Medicine, the University of Limerick, and these two other really important uh, stakeholder organisations. Because I think together we can deliver something which um, will, be, uh, will be of international standing. And I think even if you look at our list of keynotes, including the, the president of the Royal College of General Practitioners, Professor Dame Claire Garada, Professor Agnes Binaguahu, who's um, this wonderful leader on global health equity. We have the Wonka World President, Dr. Anna Stavdal. We have the Executive Director of WHO Health Emergencies Program, our own Dr. Mike Ryan, and, and many more. And I think it's, it's the um, it's this international standing of the conference that has brought such a you know, a high quality lineup of keynote speakers to the conference. But at the same time, it's going to have a very strong national flavor. 
because we are integrating the AGM and the summer meeting of the Irish College of General Practitioners into the meeting itself. So I think it'll be a great opportunity for hopefully for GPs to come together after what's been a very tough couple of years in terms of COVID-19. And I think reflect on the performance of general practice in Ireland and globally in its response to what has been a, a really massive global health challenge. Because this will be the first gathering in person of GPs since since the pandemic began, won't it? It will. Um, it will. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, within that there is a, you know, it's one of the things that I think we working in healthcare have really missed throughout this pandemic is the ability to connect with peers because whatever about the ability to do that online and you know technology is wonderful to be able to facilitate that but there isn't nothing quite like that face-to-face interaction with a peer who's going through the same thing as you is meeting the same challenges and the ability that you have to really support one another through what what has been a very very challenging time professionally for us all so you know i think i i hope it's a cathartic event i hope we get a chance to 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 really you know hopefully you know shed some of the stresses and and strains of the last couple of years and, and really come together and celebrate what what uh, general practice has delivered nationally and internationally during the, the pandemic. That in itself is an attraction. I think people want to gather to meet up and see each other that they haven't seen in person for so long. And finally, before I come to Dr. Cowley, is to ask you, I mean, you, I can say you're a GP in Ballyvaughan and you're also a trainer because, you know, you're, the University of Limerick is training, helping to train GPs too, and people are being trained all around your region. You mentioned that one of the important elements you think in retaining and attracting GPs to rural areas Ireland is to train GPs to recruit them from a rural background already. Is that what you meant? Yeah, I, I th- well, I think we need to look at the entire, if you like, pipeline, if you want to call it that, but where we need to intervene to try and make sure that we're being, I suppose, fundamentally socially accountable in terms of what we're doing within a medical school, within a training scheme. Um, if we're trying to be socially accountable in, in terms of producing healthcare staff, then we need to be producing healthcare staff that will end up working in communities that need them. Uh, then, re- again, reverting to the inverse care law, there, there's no point in producing an entire class of neurosurgeons. We need, we need, you know, we need to have a full gamut of healthcare staff, and particularly, you know, my own passion is is around general practice and particularly rural general practice. So, if we're going to be socially accountable, we need to be finding those individuals who we can train who will be willing to go and work in such communities and not just willing but will really want to go and work in such communities and have the fabulous impact that you can have when you work over a long period of time with many generations of the same family and have that sort of knowledge to allow you to you know develop the best health outcomes for them and and that's why in particular we have a really strong student and young doctor element in the conference we've secured a lot of funding to bring students and young doctors to the conference not just from Ireland, but also internationally from low to middle income countries. Because again, our problem is not just a national problem, it's a global problem. So we should be helping to solve that problem globally as well. Thanks, Dr. Liam Glynn. I'm joined now by Dr. Jerry Cowley, a GP in Mayo, who's long been an advocate for rural general practice. He's also a founder of the Rural Island and Dispensing Doctors Group. Dr. Cowley, welcome to this episode of GP Works. Thank you, Eileen. Glad to be here. Can I start, uh, Dr. Colley, by asking you what is, for those who don't know, what is the Rural Island and Dispensing Doctors Group? Well, the Rural Island and Dispensing Doctors Group, we were set up in 84 and the whole idea was to try and improve the lot of the rural doctor and the people we look after. And that 
that means our families as well. And we have tried to do that as best we can. And we have, as best we can also, uh, to our annual conferences. And we've had, this will be our 35th now, we'll be holding it as part of Rural Wonka Limerick. This has been our opportunity to put pressure on government to try and support rural Ireland. And, you know, we have been advocates over the years of trying to ensure there's enough resources there to allow us to do our job as as best we can. And that is the situation to prevent this vicious circle of doctors, because we are now hearing about all these places where there are no uh, there's no GP. And that's a lack of services. And that to rural Ireland is a disaster because it's a vicious circle. If you lose services, you lose population. And the more services you lose, the more population you lose. No doctor, no village is the, the, you know, the phrase being used, which does sum it up, really, that if you don't have health professionals in the community, as you say, it drives the population away as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And and what the rural doctors are about now, the rural islands and the Spencer doctors, is we have had our annual conferences. And what we, we, we are doing now, we're on a further journey. And the first step of that was making this uh, bid in Albuquerque to host the Rural Wonka 2022, the World Rural Wonka. And we did that with our partners in 2019. We travelled to Albuquerque, the ICGP and the University of Limerick uh, School of Medicine. And we're very happy that we were successful in that. And I think this will give us a whole new sense of identity for rural practice. We are we are putting people together. We're bringing people together from all, all over the world who do lots of things in their own countries that we aspire to do. And now is our chance for us to power ourselves forward, as it were, to new heights. So at the end of our journey, we're in a new place and with a bright future for rural practice. Now, that is that is the hope. And that is what you want to achieve. So the significance of the conference of bringing rural Wonka to Ireland and to University of Limerick for you is that, as you say, is putting the Irish uh, situation in international context, but gathering and creating synergies and creating connections with other uh, rural-based GPs and other primary care professionals. Absolutely, Eileen. We need to put our heads together on this and we need to come up with solutions. And God knows we need those solutions. We did it before at our conferences, remember, and this will be, our, as I say, our 35th conference. It will also be the ICGP AGM, which is wonderful. We introduced at our annual conference the idea of co-ops, of GP co-ops, and we brought over people from Denmark. I remember Dr. Christian Kruger. He spoke about the Danish solution to out of hours, and to us it was pure uh, manna from heaven. And we brought people over from the UK as well, from Northumberland in the UK, if I remember. And we saw the sea there for rural co-ops, and we did all this before, you know, in Westport, you might remember, 1998. That was the World Rural Satellite Conference of Wonka. It was in Dublin as well, but we held the World Rural Satellite Conference. And we, we had at that conference a lot of the experts that, that are there now. And in fact, we had a Roger Strasser, believe it or not. And we, we were promoting our campaign of a helicopter emergency medical services for Ireland. And we had been at that for a number of years. We brought over Jeff King, Dr. Jeff King, who was the head of the Australian Flying Doctors, to talk to about us about helicopter emergency medical services for Ireland. And after the, a long campaign, we saw the establishment of the Air Corps Service, which is Ireland's answer to HIMSS. And that's a great boost to us rural doctors and to island doctors as well. So we could do lots at our conferences. We have done lots. We have sowed seeds, which has borne fruit. Uh, and those are just two examples I gave you there uh, of the co-ops in the helicopter. But also we are going forward on a new plane, and we have people now like Professor Roger Strasser, as I said, 
He has been in, in, he started in Australia, then he went to Canada, and now he's in New Zealand. And what is he doing? He's setting up rural practice initiatives there. And he's, he's a, a wonderful man, and he's a legend. And he's coming for us to reimagine, as he would say himself, Ireland's rural health service. And we hope that what they have done for their own countries, they could do it for us. And with our, with our, with our getting together with them, we hope with their support, we can bring something forward which will be very worthwhile. They're really practical things that you've done already. Like I say, the helicopter and the out of hours service, which has made a huge difference all over the country. You're a GP in rural Ireland. For you, what is the attraction of being a GP in rural Ireland? Well, Elena, I have to say it's about community. And, you know, in Ireland, we are more rural than most. And I have a very broad definition of rural. I believe most people in Ireland are rural, except the people living in Dublin with respects to Dublin. Like I do enjoy this as a community. I enjoy belonging. I enjoy being part of what happens. I enjoy of the sense of family. Myself and my wife, Teresa, God bless us, we delivered seven babies and they're all well, thank God, and doing well, mothers and babies. And and my daughter, Caroline, who's a local GP now in Westport, she was here and we delivered a baby as well. So we have our local St. Brendan's unit supporting older people to stay locally. And these are the most vulnerable people. And we give them the opportunity to stay locally. So I enjoy doing all of that. And what's more, Aileen, there's plenty of room for another GP here if we could get that GP supported. All the work that I do, I'm coming on 70 now. I'm, I should be maybe retire like Michael Harty when, when I'm 70. But uh, I could go on to 72, and I would. I would be a retiring doctor who could go on until 72. That would be great help to the area here. Uh, also, uh, a young fledgling doctor who might be starting off, I could give him a job. I could give him great experience. He could share with me what I am now doing. He could share with me in keeping people out of hospital. He could share with me in treating people with short-term illnesses such as pneumonia. He could share with me in our Sabrina's High Support Unit of, of keeping people there. In the COVID epidemic, we kept people there uh, as best we could. We did all these things. Uh, we, we, we do things in our local community. We save people from going to hospital that wouldn't necessarily have to go to hospital. We could do all these things, but all we need is a little bit of help, a little bit of support from government, which we unfortunately aren't getting at the moment. You mentioned Dr. Michael Harty there, and he has highlighted it himself because he's retiring from Kilmihill in West Clare and you're in Mayo. It's happening all over the country when GPs are retiring, trying to find replacements. And as you say, supports from government, it, it is needed from government at this point, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And there are serious problems. We have various problems with locums, as you know, even trying to get a locum. Uh, they reckon 28 GP practices are said to be vacant at the present. Now, that's totally unacceptable. These are 28 communities that are lacking the service that we can give, the service that we provide, the service that we feel is very important for people, and which people greatly appreciate. And where there's a will, there's a way. And we need to be so proactive in ensuring truly equal access uh, for people to a proper standard of care. And I think we can do this best through uh, what we are, what is already happening, say, in UL, where there's very strong association between GPs and academic institutions. And we need to extend that sense of partnership, equal partnership to policymakers, health professionals and health managers. And my feeling is something that has worked well in other places, such as Australia, a virtual campus where would be of great practical help to maybe the likes of me on the ground as a GP, which could also maybe, I would think, double as a local bureau, which could be in touch with me, which could help me with my day-to-day problems, maybe even out of hours have some system there. 
I think we could do wonders in keeping people in their own community and keeping people out of high-tech hospital. Nobody wants to go to hospital now, especially now nobody wants to go to hospital. We've learned so much from, from, from COVID and COVID has been terrible. It has been devastating. But there's a bright side, there's a silver lining and that is that we've learned the use of uh, ICT. Technology can do so much for us. If we had a virtual uh, campus uh, which could double as a local bureau, these are solutions that we, we could have. Also, um, you know, there are things like uh, associate GP schemes, like I'm suggesting for uh, my own area here, which would allow me to stay on a retiring GP and which would allow a young GP to, to get experience and get started in rural practice. And I think uh, with, with now that we have all these people together, rather than me saying it, rather than the IMO saying it, rather than the ICGP saying it, if, if we could say it as a Limerick declaration that at our 35th annual conference of rural and, and GPs in association with the ICGP and the University of Limerick Medical School, if we could say this is the plan, uh, this is what we propose and government, you must listen better to what we are saying because we are ensuring the future of rural practice, which is worthwhile, which we want to retain, which we need to retain, which the people want as well. And I would always say that in our rural doctors, we have the best of fun, the best of crack, as they say in the west of Ireland, with the best of crack. We have a wonderful social programme that we sincerely miss the company of our colleagues for the last couple of years. The last two conferences, we had to we had to abandon them. We had to forget about them, which was terrible. And uh, really, this is the great chance for people to get together, a really big chance to get together after missing the last two years. It'd be a massive opportunity for us to relax, to meet face to face, and once again, we can get together and we can talk about the things that happened, the challenges we faced and what we are going to do for the future, where we stand and what we hope to do. And this is a big chance. So I'm hoping that all our rural colleagues, and as I say, rural is very general. I hope all our colleagues, I really look forward to seeing all the guys and gals in Limerick, 2022, 17th to the 20th of June. Well worthwhile. Thanks, Dr. Kelly. And we can certainly find out more if you just even Google Rural Wonka 2022 UL, it'll come up for you and you'll have all the details there. Um, if you if the passion and energy you brought just this short conversation here today is anything to go by, it really is going to be a great event. So thanks to Drs. Glynn and Cowley for joining me on this episode of GP Works. To find out more about the forthcoming conference, go to this website, wonkarhc.2022.com. That's wonkarhc.2022. And that's for details of registration and speakers. You can follow the college on Twitter at ICGP News. You can find out more about the Irish College of General Practitioners and its work on its website, icgp.ie. I'm Aileen Namara, and thanks for listening.